There are certain TV theme songs that immediately invoke an emotion, and this is one of them. That is, of course, the theme song to The Sopranos. January 10th marked the 25th anniversary of the premiere of The Sopranos, a show that not only changed how we tell mob and crime stories on TV, but also changed the landscape of TV in general. We have never seen a drama series like it before. It ushered in a cinematic era of television that ultimately paved the way for shows like Mad Men and Game of Thrones even. It's credited with being the second golden age of television. It started it and it changed how we watch TV. It quite literally defined that old HBO slogan that I still love saying today. I don't know why. It's not TV. It's HBO. So stupid. The Sopranos told the story of Tony Soprano, this complicated mob boss dealing with some very real realities of life of in crime, but also maintaining a home life and a family that isn't quite the picture of perfection. He's also suffering emotionally and mentally, which leads him to a therapist. James Gandolfini, Edie Falco, and the rest of the cast and the crew, David Chase, the creator of the show, all of them picked up 21 Emmys over the course of the show's run. Now, I was a little too young to embrace The Sopranos when it first aired, but my Italian stepfather loved it, and I'm not Italian, so I never really related to why he loved it so much. I had avoided watching it until years later, after it had gone off the air. But when I did, oh my God, it was like watching an opera. I didn't know what I had missed, but wow, that show hit me. And in a weird way, it kind of brought me closer to my stepfather. It also showed me something I didn't know about myself before. I have a thing for Italians. Trust me, James Gandolfini is not my type at all. But wow, James Gandolfini as Tony Soprano? I'm speechless. I have no words. There's also just something about the way Italians communicate that is both foreign to me and exciting. Listen, I come from a quiet family. Like the rest of my family, not my stepfather's side, were very quiet people. There wasn't much fighting. Everyone kind of kept to themselves. But whenever I'm in the company of Italian families like my stepfather's family, the volume goes way up and I'm living in the middle of some like Italian drama or something. And it's really fun to watch. So I figured it would be fun today to chat about The Sopranos with my other favorite Italian in my life, Paul Palmieri. He's a comic who leans into his Italianness, if that's a word, I don't think it is, in so many ways in his videos and his material. And they're really funny. And yes, Paul qualifies as a hot Italian. You're going to want to follow him on Instagram. Dot, dot, dot. Trust me. <laughs> so make some spaghetti and let's get to it. And be sure to stick around after my chat with Paul Palmieri to find out what you need to watch this weekend and maybe to hear about what's pissing me off this week in pop culture. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. 
you should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. So the Sopranos anniversary is here. Now, I always felt as a non-Italian that Italians had a complicated relationship with the Sopranos and just mob content in general. I want to know, Paul, what's your take on Sopranos? Do you love it? And is it as complicated as I think it might be? Well, you're talking to someone. It's complicated for me for a few reasons. There's history. There's the fact that the show came out in 1999 when I was living in suburban New Jersey. Also, a thing that had just happened is I just buried my my own godfather, who was a garbage man. So, like, when the show came out, I was like, everyone was like, did you watch? I was like, first of all, it's Sunday night. I watch sports. Second of all, no. Why would I watch this? This is happening. We're here. Like, we're in. (laughs) I I know what your dad does, Lauren. Like, what are we talking about? You know? Um, You mean he doesn't work in waste management? Yeah. So like, so like I do love it, but it took me a minute. I didn't start to love the show until I didn't live at home anymore. And then I had some friends that were like, bro, you're from Jersey Sopranos. And I kind of like rolled my eyes at it because, you know, the family I was raised in was very um, like my grandfather hated the show because of the language, Mm. the language. And you didn't treat women like that. Quite honestly, you didn't talk like that in front of women. That was not like there was a very different school of you know, like the gangsters that were depicted on the show are definitely real people. But that was like, those are the gaudies and all the people that like the old school guys that were like, this is supposed to be quiet and you're ruining it. Yeah, you know, totally. That's kind of the new iteration. So, you know, my grandfather and the older generations hated it. My father saw it as entertainment, you know, him and his, and his friends and that, that generation were like, I mean, it's silly because it is real. Those are real fucking people. Is they it just, real? See, that's the thing. That's yeah. what I always wanted to know is that like, you know, if you are, especially being someone from that region, uh, you know, you know, those types, like how much of it is just pure entertainment, almost camp to being based in some form of reality. You know, obviously it wasn't like Tony and Christopher running down that guy in the pilot on, you know, I think that was Burton Community College. I don't forget what community college campus that was, but it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Like that stuff. Sure. But like the characters and like, you know, you know how many Pauly Walnuts is I knew just older dudes, not married, no kids. Yeah. Cadillac always dressed to the, you know what I mean? Like, just like, oh, uh, like when you're younger, it's like, nice, Uncle Paulie's going to be here. And you like start to grow up and you're like, Uncle Paulie, like, uh, is he okay? You know what I mean? Like he seems to be like, like he was cute when we were eight and he was coming to my little league games and, you know, was wingtips. But now it's like getting a little concerning. So like there was that, like, and and I think I told you uh, that David Chase nailed so many specific aspects of the experience of, you know, and, and the show is always like, for me, it's always a uh, Tony and it's always, but it's like, it's AJ too. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the fuck is AJ? What's what chance does AJ stand? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Tony always resented AJ. It's like, well, you plucked him out of like, and of your upbringing didn't teach him anything. And now you mm-hmm. threw him in this mansion and you're like mad that, you know what I mean? So like that, that aspect of the show is always, and especially now that I'm a father has taken on a, I did a rewatch. Oh yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, last summer, and it is a totally different show as a father than it is when you're just Interesting. like... How so? Tell me. Uh, you know, you just feel the weight of like when you're, when I didn't have kids, I would watch the show and, you know, I'd see Tony stare at AJ and after like meeting with his mother and just like, you didn't get the gravitational pulls that all those relationships really had Mm -hmm. on him, you know? And so to watch it now as a father, it's like, I really kind of feel for both of them. I feel for Tony and AJ because Tony was just doing the best that he could. I just, it really rocked my world because I was like, oh, Tony wants to be a good dad. He just like doesn't know how to be. You know what I mean? Like he just doesn't get that like, oh, I don't understand. Like I just did the thing that my dad did that made me listen and I, it's not working. Yeah. So yes, forget it. There is also kind of this dance. And again, I'm going to preface this by saying this whole conversation as a non-Italian, I'm probably going to be stereotyping a little bit of depictions of Italians, but it's fine. We're the one group that you can stereotype. I don't <laughs> none, No one cares. Like, We're in a safe met, space today. I met an Italian dude who was like, it's fucked up. I'd be like, shut up, bro. Like, we're the silliest people. And Just that's when up. I would slowly back out of the conversation and let you guys. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. so the thing is, like, you know, the depictions of Italian men, specifically men, fathers, secondly, is very... Um, it's often there's like a there's almost like a broy element to it in that like it's hyper masculinized and it's hyper sort of just like, you know, it, it's up there. But what makes it so unique is that there is this really emotional element to it in that you see Italians being very close, very intimate, very emotional. Yeah. There's there's kissing on the cheeks. There's the whole thing. And that's, so, what I was, that's what I was just going to say is just two dudes that are like, we're men, but let's kiss hello and goodbye. Also yeah. But, you know, it's like, but then when you have that relationship like you were talking about between father and son, it does add. So, for example, with me, with my father, there was complete detachment. I mean, I'm total Midwesterner. Don't talk about things and wait until you die until anyone has an emotion. And yeah. it's and that's very much the way it is where Italians, the depictions of Italians is very different. And that relationship and that dynamic is really touched upon, I think, in The Sopranos. And I want to know if, like, you think the sort of maybe the emotional element, the emotional availability of Italian men spoke to you in any way in sort of the struggles that like Tony is probably struggling with, with trying to reach to AJ. Yeah. We don't talk about anything. There's just no talking. I've often said, and I've I've said this to my father that which is why I feel comfortable sharing it here is like, he didn't teach me anything, but everything I know is from just watching him. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, It was not like, you're going to spend the day with me and you're going to learn today, son. It was just like, you're coming to work with me. Get in the back seat. And this newfound level of uh, <laughs> emotion we're having to get into is like, I'm, I'm finding out that he's not someone that ever had intrusive thoughts. Mm. That's foreign to him because he was just, I have to keep it moving. I have kids to feed. I have, you know what I mean? Like, that's, I don't believe that. That's weird that I just had that thought. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, and that's what Tony and like, AJ are experiencing too. Yeah, like there's not a lot like the the and I find it the same way. Like I talk to my kids way more. Not that my father never talked to us, but it was just like they would talk about what? You're mm-hmm. eight and I'm forty eight. Like yeah. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um I love you. Uh <laughs> I'll have a catch with you, but like yeah. the talking and the emotions and the figuring out and like what's what's really going on was not second nature. Yeah. And it's interesting now as an adult to be like Okay, dad, we're going to have to have a conversation. Let's, I'm going to ask you a question and I'm expecting an answer because based off your answer, you know, like it's, Mm -hmm. but there's no love 
like there's no mystery of how much love there is. Of you course. know what I'm saying? I think when you watch Tony and AJ, it's the same thing. It's like these I mean, are two guys love each other to death, but they're just like, oh, I don't want to say it. Can you say it? You know? Well, and you really see it with, I mean, especially when AJ goes through that period of depression and then there's the, you know, there's all kinds of things that, that AJ goes through that you see Tony really struggling between those two worlds of being just the dad who you're supposed to provide for the son and be a good character and whatever. And also the really emotional dude who actually is secretly in therapy trying to get in touch with his emotions, you know? Like just it guts him that he passed on, you know, what he calls it like a rotten putrid gene yeah. or something. Yeah. You know? And that's that's real too, you know. I I see my kids like get frustrated after like, you know, they don't know how to tie their shoes. They want to learn. They, mm-hmm. this, is, this is classic me. Like if I'm not excellent at something, as soon as I start it, I'm like, I knew it. Yeah, I knew there was no purpose to my life. And I knew there was no reason for me being, you know what I mean? Like that's how quick it happens. And it's like, I have to combat that, but I'm a 40 something year old. It's like, that's not true. You just forgot your socks in your bedroom. It's fine. Just go it's not the end of the world. Yeah. I see my kids now being like, Oh, I can't do it. I knew it. And I'm like, Oh no. Like, yeah. yeah, you have to give yourself a learning curve, bro. Like it's not life or death. So to not have that block there, mm-hmm. I'm proud of, I guess. I, I mean, say. yeah, it's like a, it's, I mean, and then you would hope that AJ, I mean, we don't know what happened with this family after that last episode. You could go lots of different ways, but let's hope. Like AJ is like a highly successful uh, movie producer at this point. Like if you remember, he was on like that track, like he was, yes. he was not paying, but like whatever. Yeah, mob totally. Son. I feel like at yeah. this point he probably had been canceled for something. The Me Too movement caught up with him. I feel like that would happen Maybe. to AJ. I feel, like, I feel like that could happen. Or he just like was like, this is crazy. I'm just going to move to Dubuque. Yeah. And like, have a normal life. Yeah. Well, you know? I want to know if like an episode or a moment on The Sopranos stands out to you. I have a list. I know mine. Yeah. I well, can go off of yours. I'll start it because it might give you more ideas. Sure. So every single fight, but the epic fights between, you know, Tony Soprano and Edie Falco's Carmella. I mean, whenever Carmella gets into passion, angry fighting mode. I mean, maybe that's just the gay homosexual in me coming out, but I am like, yes, it's an opera. Patty LaPonet, go girl, like fight, you know? You're also talking about Edie Falco. I mean, Edie Falco, who can do no Anything. wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then there's that episode where, of course, you, well, actually, no, Janice. There is some, maybe I have a thing for Italian. I thought I had a thing for Italian men, but now I know I have a thing with Italian women. Janice is so annoyingly, frustratingly stupid but yet also a genius on every single level. And when she shoots Richie, holy hell, that episode lives rent-free in my mind because it is both empowering and also incredibly disturbing on a level that I think is probably sort of, I should question why I love it so much because it's <laughs> I shouldn't think about well, it as much as I do. Because I think, if I may offer my Please. opinion, I think that episode is the one where you most see Tony and Janice's mm purest dynamic yeah if you remember when she when he's putting her on the bus and she's like what'd you do with him he's like we buried him yeah on a a hill you know she's like really he's like no janice like go get on the bus and you know what i mean like yeah it was very like brotherly sisterly it didn't matter the subject matter because that's what their family did yeah you know just like tony i got in trouble tony cleans it up and then she's like 
did you do it nice? And he's like, leave the fuck alone, bro. Yeah. How many, you know, like, yeah. no, you don't get to ask me what I did after you shot your fiance and your kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in our family home's kitchen. Yeah, yeah exactly. While yeah. mom was asleep upstairs. You While know? mom's asleep upstairs, yeah. which is, I forgot yeah. about that part too. Yeah. Well, the other episode or the other storyline that I, I do want to get your thoughts on because it, 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 I mean, I responded to it as a queer person, but Vito and the way that Vito's depiction on the show and him being in hiding in that like Vermont town or whatever. And like that whole thing, the whole response to the Vito storyline as I mean, I thought it was depicted in a really real way because they didn't care. I mean, they cared that he was gay and they were homophobic about it and they did the things they did intentionally. And I kind of like that David Chase went in that direction and didn't try to make it, especially for the time, make it sort of like this it gets better message of Vito's going to be a part of the family because in reality, he probably never, ever would have been ever able to be a part of anyone's family, right? Well, did you have you read like the Phil theories? No. Where it's theorized that like, oh man, oh, you haven't? All right, so the, there's a big theory that Phil Leotardo is actually gay. Mm. Why he has such a strong... If you remember when they're beating Vito to death, yeah. um, they close up on Phil's hand and he's like gripping the sheets. Oh, wow. And there's like a few like, like where they slow either zoom in on Phil... Or there's like there it's there. Like David Chase wanted you to see, like this is a guy that's like struggling with his own feelings about this. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not what he's saying out loud. Interesting. You know, Interesting. And I I didn't know that until uh, when I did my rewatch and I happened to catch something and I, I texted Adriano and I was like, did I miss like a whole Phil is kind of gay thing? And he was like, oh yeah, there's like a huge. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Wow. So then when I rewatch, I was like, I noticed like the, the close up. Um, yeah, I think Chase, you know, and that ties into what I, my episode choice is like, he was very good at being like, you know, his famous quote is like, what happened to the Russian? He's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. You know, like this is life is messy. Do you know what happened to the person that cut you off yesterday? Yeah. No, you don't. Yeah. But like they just take up a part of your brain for a few hours of a day. And then you're like, huh, that was weird. And he captured so much of that, like, so perfectly. And the answer that I always have is the the episode, I can't remember. It's a finale. I think it's when Pussy goes to the party and AJ gets caught with the wire and AJ gets oh, caught. yes. In the garage. Mm-hmm. I think it's that party. But it's the, I know it's the one where the Rolling Stones through and through plays over, like, the montage. But mm-hmm. the first time I saw that, like, and I realized where I grew up, with the environment I grew up in, extremely, extremely niche, niche, whatever you want to say, and strange. Yeah. Do I have several people on my phone I can call and bro down about the experience with? Absolutely. But their experience is also extremely weird and strange. So the way that he shot that ending montage with the family and like the house and like even the lighting, I was just like, this is every party that I ever either had for a graduation, confirmation, communion, sisters, you know, sweet 16. Like, it was just, like, all of it. Everyone was, like, I can show you picture. Like, it just struck me in such an act, like, a visceral. I I was, like, I'm, I actually teared up. I was, like, oh, this is a guy that knows exactly what the fuck is going on. Like, he's out there and creative and does his own thing. But, like, he always kind of, like, he got the DNA of... There's roots there. 
Yes. Yeah. So like, no, like I always watched it. Like, and again, I told you I was a late adopter. I didn't watch the show until I was not at home anymore. And I genuinely saw it and was like, Oh, that's New Jersey. Like it was like, I couldn't put my finger on like the homesick feeling I was mm-hmm. feeling. I, I was in college. I'd been away for a couple years, but like I was starting to get that. Like, yeah. Shit, do I actually like it back there? You know what I mean? Like yeah. kind of, I'd been in my at comfort zone for a little bit where I was just like, Oh, and I saw it and was like, holy fuck, it's home. Like I need home. I had, like, a, similar, I home. I had a similar experience actually in that. I mean, of course, you know, I'm, I'm not Italian, but my stepdad is Italian. I was telling you before we started recording and right. you know, my whole relationship with my father is very complicated and he passed away this year and it's, it was very strange and we were estranged, but I never really had like a dad, dad, you know what I mean? However, I had a stepdad who stepped in and became a fatherly figure in a way that like provided that element of, I guess, masculinity I needed in my life to sort of give me some of the structure that I needed as also a person who is masculine. Well, not I wouldn't go crazy. Let's not call me masculine, but he loved The Sopranos. He's an Italian man, big Italian family. He loved The Sopranos, loved The Sopranos. But I, when it came out, sort of avoided watching it because I just figured like, I don't know this world. I'm I'm this gay dude living this life in New York. I was in New York at the time. I don't know anything about this shit. And then a couple years after that, I had a lot of time and I was going through chemo, which I'm fine, but I was going through chemo and I was like, well, this is a great time to watch The Sopranos. And so I sat down and I watched The Sopranos and it made me recognize that like, this is the way I can connect with this man that I has been so important in my life, but mm-hmm. yet I've never really been able to emotionally connect with ever. That's so interesting that you're like, that's his, I'm going to respect his thing. Yeah. Even though it might, it might bring me some peace to bridge the divide a little bit. Like I will respect his yeah. little cocoon yeah. of spaghetti sauce. Um, that's it, interesting. It did bring but, us closer together. Cause we could talk about the Sopranos. Well, that's what I'm saying. And when you were saying that your stepfather stepped in, it's like, that's really not a surprising thing to like the amount of people, one of my closest friends, his, you know, uh, his mother famously in their family lore remarried and a Sicilian. Mm, that's my dad. My stepdad is a Sicilian. Do, like they are wild. I can't imagine them as children. <laughs> <laughs> and basically they they used to just run men out of their mom's life yeah. and then al showed up and was like okay sit down you know what i mean they were just yeah. like ah, you know there is like a there's a very like we'll get we'll let you get away with a lot but there's also like hey no one showed you a lot of shit okay yeah and you're a fucking idiot so just stick with me i'm gonna show you some shit you're yeah. gonna get in trouble you're gonna learn a lot just shut up when i tell you please god and that's it. You know what I mean? Like totally. I feel the same. Like I said, my father taught me a lot just from watching. Like I watched him take care of people he did not have to take care of. Yeah. Same. Or like, uh, go out of his way to make someone's day better. Cause it cost nothing or it took two seconds. You know what I'm saying? So that like general, like care for your environment mm-hmm. example setting is like, that extends to like, cause we know the different, like that's a huge I see it now and it's like you can tell the kids who already are like not or are going to go off of a path. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. A lot of instances, but I'm like, that's that's a kid that needs his dad bad. Like right now, that kid needs that kid needs a dad. That's so interesting. Yeah. Well, the other thing I want to talk to you about Sopranos is as I watched, I recognized that there is something 
I don't know if it's machismo. I don't know if it's charisma. I don't know what it is, but there is something about Tony Soprano that is mm-hmm. incredibly hot on a level. And maybe it's just the James Gandolfini of it all. I don't know. But there's a reaction that I had to James Gandolfini as Tony Soprano that I was like, I think I'm attracted to my first ugly dude. I don't know what this is. He's not ugly. He's not ugly, but you know what I'm saying. He's not rocking the biceps and whatnot. He has a a particular look to him. Right. I mean, I think what you're fawning over is a guy who doesn't, like, while he is conflicted about who he is, he very much knows who he is. Yeah. Like, he very much knows what he's going to do in every scenario. And that is attractive. It doesn't doesn't matter... (laughs) gay straight whatever it's like yeah. to guys it's like for me someone that that's not doesn't have a sexual attraction to james gandolfini i can still be like that was gangster you know what i mean like that's how i want i mean dude the episode where he just walks over to the guy in the restaurant and to take off your hat yeah take off your hat yeah i've done that at work that's so it's not, like, I feel like that's i'm like walking over to people <laughs> but like i'm not saying that i'm hot i'm just saying like that very like I'm not going to take this and I'm going to do something about it. But that, it's like, that is hot though. Like, not wrong in that sense. Not that I've told someone to take off their hat at work, Yeah. but I like, straight up just been like, don't do that. Don't talk like that. Yeah. Don't talk to her like that. Are you out of your mind? That kind of has, I mean, that speaks to, I think in a way, the thing that I think a lot of people respond to about particularly Italian men is that there is this almost false sense of confidence that is just really crazy hot. And like, It's just, and it's almost like you're living in your own little war. And this is stereotype. I'm generalizing, of course, but like. These stereotypes are the most stereotypical people that exist. But still, there's like this, there's this sense of like. There's on my sweatpants for crying out loud, Alan. (laughs) Go ahead. But there's like something that like, it's a false sense of confidence, but also it's just sort of like you're living in your own little world and you don't care if no one else is invited because you're going to let everyone know that this is your world, you know? I don't give a shit. I mean, when my when we first got together, my wife was like, I I truly have never, I don't understand it. And I was like, understand what? And she was like, the way that you walk around, like you walk around like you're six foot five and you run the world. And I was like, well, I mean, I know that I don't, but like there's a few, like when I get out of my car and I walk into the supermarket, there's 20 seconds where no one can tell me anything. You know what I mean? Like, and at the time, I was, I don't think I, no, I had a job, but I had no car. I was crashing in a friend's guest room. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And that's probably why, probably why so many of the women on Sopranos, but in general, they just kept going back to these dudes because there is something attractive about that. That like, you we can, are very charming. Yes. We're very charismatic. Yeah. And we tend to know what you need to hear. <laughs> to get the pants yeah. off yes quite honestly you know like yeah in any moment and, and it's not no it's not it's not for immediate satisfaction sometimes it's like you need to hear this right now and in three weeks i might need something from you yeah. so i'm going to do that right now so you'd be like hmm, totally great i love that well one of the things i love about you is that you've you've taken that sort of you know your years of experience being italian and yes. you've you've put it into your comedy into what you do and the videos you make and everything you do. And I want to know, like, well, first off, tell me about the videos and how that all kind of the videos you post on Instagram and the people you work with and how all that comes about. And also how you sort of impart some of this like Italian ways into the comedy you do. 
Well, like the videos, you know, I started working with Adriano Valentini, full name for uh, Googleable intentions, was we just had a shit, like we just got along. Mm-hmm. And then it was just kind of like getting to know each other. You know, you know how it is in this fucking industry. Excuse yeah. my language. It's like if you find someone that you're going to have lunch with and stand for more than 80 minutes, you're like, you're my best friend. Let's do everything <laughs> together. Yeah. Um, and then just through the working together. And then, you know, obviously uh, I had other Italian comics that I had, you know, started coming up with that I wanted to introduce him to Sandro Yocolano. Um, being the the main one that took over the character that we created called Guido Gagutz, which is just an amalgamation of like all of these older, like I mentioned, all the poly walnutses that we knew and grew up, you know, and just created this character. Because a lot of this experience, you know, the, my favorite scene, did you see the uh, Irishman? Yeah. All right. My favorite scene is when they're on their way to kill Jimmy Hoffa. And yeah. they get like the random fish argument, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, about like, you don't know, you don't know what kind of fish, you know what I mean? Like that is like, that is a quintessential, like what the fuck? I have a great story, a real story. Yeah. We're home in my sister's backyard after burying my nephew. Okay. Mm-hmm. My father's sitting to the left. My, my aunt, his sister is sitting to the right. There are, they are in identical chairs. Lawn, lawn chairs, outdoor chairs, whatever the fuck you want to call them. Yeah. They start talking about whose chair is higher. And I'm like, this is either she didn't hear him, he didn't hear her, or they're going to talk about this for the next 11 hours. Yeah. Sure enough, she hears him. Whoever started the conversation hears the other one and goes, what? No, I don't think. No, I think it's the same chair. And I was just like, oh, I just don't have the time for this. So I let it go on for a little bit. And I was just finally like, you're we're outside we're on this slope what the fuck are we talking about you know what i mean like but it's like that you know so we got together and we're like oh we thought we were the only people like we thought it was just our family that was kind of nuts and like this and like we identified with this media the sopranos the goodfellas then we were like oh no like here's a picture of mine you know and i think that's the struggle you know as an artist you know as a writer is like there is something funny about this. I just need to take it and make you understand, you know? So like we, it's been a lot of fun and I think we've kind of gotten into, well, I know we've gotten into a good groove with the the one minute Instagram things. And what I love about the videos or the, the fight like that in the backyard is that like, this is universal. This is not, there's not special Italians about this, but any family can like find something, the smallest of fights, the most ridiculous fights. And it becomes the massive thing. However, I will say that in my opinion, I feel like Italians then can take the level of disagreement and it becomes so impassioned that it becomes a, it beca- it could become a divider in the family and B it could start yeah. a war and C you, know you remember it forever. Like, yeah. You know what it becomes? There's those fucking chairs again <laughs> for you years I mean? to come like, for years to come. When it's just like, or you could have just been like, it's a pretty nice day, huh? Then just like talks to your sister. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you didn't have to like make it a whole, like, Am I, what am I sitting? You know what I mean? Like, totally. What are we talking about? You know? <laughs> so there is that very, like, real. And, you know, it started, we wrote this thing called Little Italy Los Angeles that randomly has taken off. Mm-hmm. We wrote this thing. My oldest son is about to turn seven. He was a newborn when we shot it. We had wrote it two years previous. Mm-hmm. So it took us two years to get the money. And then we got the money, shot it. And then Frank was the original character. Um, that Sandro played in that 
series. It's on Amazon. Um, and then from there, we were like, wow, people really responded to this guy. We need to get like more of him. He has to, he's our entry. Yeah. He's our point to be like, we don't know what it is about this guy, but he's our Pauly Walnuts. Again, why is this, why is he here? You know what I mean? Like how many, he's here because he's going to show up on time. He's going to bring you an envelope that has $300 in it, even though he doesn't have a job. Yeah. And that's just what's going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're going to go visit Frank at the barbershop. He's going to walk around for two hours. He's going to make an espresso. It just is what it is. Yeah. So like that's just, that's what you're getting. Those are the experience. <laughs> well, and he'll he'll probably be in a tank top at the. And that's the other thing that I love about Italian men is that they'll just like no matter what the body is, good or bad, they're just like this. This my body is yours to take. Well, look, look at it, baby. <laughs> there is. And what's funny is that like I have you know my grandmother passed away January first, twenty twenty three, and she was the last. She was the generation. There's it's over. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but going through all these old photo albums, and my grandmother is like the OG. Her dad was, yeah, a guy. Yeah. So going through all these old pictures, first of all, some of the people I won't divulge. But second of all, it's like you see these powerful people, but they're like at the pool. Only they don't have they don't wear bathing suits, so it's just like a bunch of dudes with their suit shirt off yeah. and it's just like old school tank top polyester sleeve slacks or you know what I mean? Just yeah. like at the pool sweating, dying, you know, like, but it's a very, like, dude, when I get in my house, shirts off, I'm in my house. I'm either going to be showering or doing something in the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you don't get sauce on a shirt. No. Well, you do. Cause <laughs> you know, that's just, we need that like reddish, hue and like our whole you need to be able life. to not understand if it's blood or sauce a joke i could never get to work was how i would go shopping with a tiny little paintbrush with marinara sauce on it and be like <laughs> i like that shirt let me see and every time i tried it everyone was just like we assumed that your name is paul palmieri like that's, there's nothing funny about something you actually probably do i was like okay never mind I'll, got, tell I'll tell it in nine years when Alan has me on his podcast. <laughs> well, Paul, where can people follow you on the internet and watch these videos? Instagram at this Paul. Uh, I'm on Facebook, but no one's on Facebook. No one's on Facebook. Yeah. No one's even on. Do I say Twitter or X? Who knows? Are you still on there? Do you I, on I there? think I am. I'm pretty sure. Yes, I am. I am. I, but I only I, retweet shit. I only read tweets shit okay. like it's like i, I whatever mostly instagram at this paul i'm um, reposting from the guido Goots page i'd say insta is probably my biggest thing yeah you out? yeah it's i mean i enjoy cool. watching you on instagram I, right. you, great workout videos that i can use as inspiration but let's be real there's no inspiration happening did you uh, see the one i posted this morning i did yes you were using your child as a way to lift to- uh he was using me as a way to be entertained <laughs> is the way i but yes i did use the extra weight on my back it was perfect it's all a class content and everyone should go follow paul thanks paul for doing this bro thank you for having me kidding me i told you i had a thing for italians and paul's a good italian to look at i'm just saying okay 
What should you watch this weekend? Well, you should start with Jake Johnson's self-reliance on Hulu. It's about this dude who somehow gets roped into a real life or death reality show. It's insane and it's funny and it's kind of scary. I spoke with Jake about it earlier this week, so go listen to that on the podcast. Speaking of reality TV, the show everybody is talking about right now is Peacock's The Traders, whose second season is currently airing. If you like reality TV, this show is for you. It's oddly compelling in like the most absurd way. It's high camp, it's high drama, but not in a trashy way, you know? If you like your reality TV stars playing real life game of Clue, like the board game Clue, then this show is for you and I'm obsessed with it. You also need to watch True Detective on HBO Max or whatever they're calling HBO these days. The new season stars Jodie Foster doing some of her best work in years. Finally, after they split up the cast for the first two episodes, all of the queens are finally meeting in the latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. And let me just say, the drama is real. I feel like I should say, honey, here. What's pissing me off this week in pop culture? I'm so glad you asked. News hit this week that comic Polly Shore will be playing Richard Simmons in an upcoming film. Listen, I liked Polly Shore in the 90s like everybody else, but like Richard Simmons went into hiding for a reason. He don't want no attention, yo. Remember that Leave Britney Alone video back in the day? I feel like I need to do one now for Richard Simmons. Leave Richard alone! Anyway, that's it for today. Remember to subscribe to my newsletter for the culture and visit Newsweek.com for literally everything. Do something fun today, too, and have a great one. I'll see you next week. Hold up. 